Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim, and we talk about horror movies on this show. This episode, however, is going to specifically be our top 10 horror movies of 2018. We sat down together, we deliberated, and we came up with a combined top 10 list that's from both of us. It is the official Screams After Midnight top 10 horror movies of 2018. Are you excited, Timmy? Sure. Well, I, I mean, not really. I mean, the <laughs> well, no, here, here's the thing, because I think when we we're doing the uh, I remember last year, it was being like really good, uh, you know, for horror movies. And then, uh, you know, when we did the the worst of list, I feel like, you know, we we're pretty much on agreement. We didn't really have much debate. And there was a lot more worse stuff than we thought. And then, uh, yeah, I had a little bit more trouble coming up with a, a top 10 list. Um and uh, don't get me wrong, I think there's like really solid ones here, but then, yeah, there was some that, uh, you know, especially, you know, filling up the, the number 10 spot, it was a, a little little harder than I uh, expected. I love how Tim, t- Tim's tactic to sell you on the rest of this video, <laughs> if you've clicked on this, this is the first thing you've ever seen from us on Screams After Midnight, you've clicked mm-hmm. on this, and Tim starts this with going, yeah, this top 10 is not that great. I mean, guys, this is not as good as last year. <laughs> last couple of years had better top 10s. <laughs> I, well, no, I mean, well, you know, you can only, uh, you know, rate stuff as, as good as it is. And it's, uh, you know, some years are easier than others. And uh, I was just surprised because I, I think you have some really, really heavy hitters uh, on the list. And then you kind of, you know, other than, you know, the few kind of quick ones that come to mind, it's a little bit more of a head scratcher being like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know what else was good. But I mean, uh, I, I feel like maybe the thing with last year is there was a lot of like, middle ground movies that you know that like there was you know a lot of bad ones we watched and then you know there was a lot that were like all right that's not great but yeah you have to put something on the on the top 10 so when you start getting to those but i mean i don't know maybe maybe i feel more positive once we go through the list (laughs) i'm actually just looking at twice at my not not our top i don't know what our top 10 was in 2017 i don't have that like like handy to look at Mm -hmm. i'm just looking at my ranking of all the movies from 2017 i'm just seeing the horror i'm just looking at the horror movies and going yeah, okay, I see there's five, there's, there's a sixth, there's a seventh, there's an eighth, nine, ten. Yeah, there's an interesting top ten from 2017. I mean, yeah. at least one of them wasn't in the top ten because we hadn't watched it yet, but there is an oh. interesting top ten from 2017, at least just looking from, from my list. Uh, this one's a little, bit, a little bit more different, a little bit more top-heavy, I guess, in that mm-hmm. the I think the first three we're going to talk about here are going to have B-movies that we liked, but there's going to be caveats. There's going to be like, yeah, th- sure, this was yeah. good, but like it had this problem or, or this or that. Uh, but without mm-hmm. further ado, let's dive in and start working <laughs> our way through the, the top 10 horror movies of 2018. And again, this is, of course, based on stuff we saw. Uh, not everything on this, unlike the worst of list, not everything on this list is necessarily something we did on the show. There's one or two here mm-hmm. that we did see elsewhere, uh, we watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I know I did. I watch one of these for. Another, I did. Wa- I watched one of these for another show, and then there's at least mm-hmm. one here that we both watched, but we didn't talk about it at all mm-hmm. uh, on anything. So, uh, so brace yourselves because it's coming in at number ten. <laughs> as Overlord, which that is now as much as I said the first few have some caveats. This one's a little bit different <laughs> because Overlord's at number ten because Tim didn't like it that much. <laughs> because Tim's weird. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I, I'm actually, I, I know other people that did not like it. Uh, yeah, I watched it last night, and honestly, I don't think this movie is very good. 
just let it be known that I disagree with Tim, and if I had my way, this would be up in the top five. Jesus, <laughs> that's insane to me. This this would be in the top five had if I had my way, it would be. Uh, so I want to be clear that this one's because because we have combined our list because we have sitting mm. you know made up a combined list between us. Mm. It does mean there's going to be some weird oddities like this where I was quite passionate about this one, but Tim was not. But the beautiful thing was is that the thing that we had at number ten already, Tim was not passionate <laughs> about at all. So because of that, my passion outweighed his indifference. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was yeah that was the the big issue with this was like well I didn't like it but at the same time there wasn't anything else that I loved enough that I felt passionate fighting for that deserved to be on the list so I, I'm fine having it on here it yeah. just yeah it was not for me <laughs> ultimately I think when it comes down to movies like this where one of his loves no one doesn't I think mm-hmm. it does come down to that where if I am passionate or you're passionate about something, and then sure, the thing yeah. that, the thing that would be there instead is something that both of us are like, eh, it was okay. <laughs> like, yeah. the passion so, should win. The passion should put it on there. Right. Yeah. So I don't. So I, I didn't really like the movie, but what what was it that you liked about it? Um, do I liked it? But I liked it. It was a, it was a it was a B movie. It was it was a Nazi zombie movie. It was the evil experimentation. It was soldiers behind enemy lines. And what I liked about it is that it was like a. It was actually a lot more low-key than what I thought it was going to be because it was very much they've got like a safe house and they're kind of like scouting things out and they're running back and forth to the safe house. Uh, when it does get going in the, the back half, there, there's some fun violence, there's some fun characters, there's a, a downright awful villain. Some, crowd plays much, uh, some of the characters have arcs, some of the characters who seemed unlikable at first have nice arcs that kind of get, get them to a better place by the end of the movie. But what I like about it most of all is I think how is is how seriously it takes it. I thought it was well shot. I thought the opening plane stuff was really really well done. Um, but the movie like it reminds me a lot of Riot and Cell Block uh, thirty three. Whatever the number was, I can't remember what the number was. Ninety three. Ninety nine. Right in Cell, cell Block ninety nine. I think it was ninety nine. Right. Um, is very different premises. Not even close in terms of genre mm. even. But it reminded me of that in the sense that it's like a it's like a straight up B movie from the eighties, but it's taken very seriously. It reminds because right in Cellbot Net and Nine, like I thought this could be a John Carpenter movie, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily feel like it could be a John Carpenter movie, but it felt it felt like that movie in the sense that no no this is going to feel like hard or hard hitting. We're not going to make this feel goofy. The the characters going to take this seriously, and it works. I think in that sense, I, I was actually really into this movie. And Matt loved it as well. Me and Matt were both really into mm-hmm. it. See, it's funny that that's why you like because that's like one of the reasons why I hated it because the premise sounds like a very schlocky, you know, B horror movie, which uh, that's what I was like hoping for. Like I was hoping it's just going to be, yeah, just nonstop blowing away Nazi zombies. And I hated the fact that it takes itself so seriously. Like I thought it was so boring. I feel like, you know, like I, I kept waiting. Like there's like practically no zombies in like the first hour and then. Really, there isn't that much, many zombies in the movie, but it's, I, I, I think definitely the later half, like once you know stuff gets rolling, that that is definitely more entertaining for me. But I was kind of checked out by that point. I also, can, that was kind of a an ugly movie. I didn't think it looked very good. I can already see the comments disagreeing <laughs> with Tim, and they're glorious. They're beautiful. Oh, well, they're wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not. They are right in this case. They are absolutely right. Uh, sure, now, sure, sure. Now, me and Matt did this for Jigawatts, and we both really, really liked it. Um, so I, I actually, I thought it was a really good B movie that took itself seriously. And well, sometimes that can be a problem depending on the thing. But I think this was well directed enough that 
uh, and had a decent set of actors that it, it worked taking itself seriously. Clearly, Tim disagreed and didn't enjoy the <laughs> yeah. first half. So, hey ho! But that's number ten. Mm. Number nine mm. is "May the Devil Take You," which is a, a Thai film that we we looked at. A uh, little. It's an uh, Indonesia, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Indonesian. Yeah, yeah. right. You're right. You're right. It's Indonesian. Um, apologies, but. This was kind of like this started off feeling like a sort of serious, like mm-hmm. se- serious possession demonic movie, but then by mm. about the 30 minute mark, it kind of started to feel more like Evil Dead 2. And it has this weird <laughs> thing, it's kind of juggling these tones a little bit. Um, yeah. and it ended up in a lot more fun and entertaining, had some good music as well. Um, the reason why it's number nine is I think that the last act does let it down a little bit. The resolution to everything, I do think, is a bit just out of nowhere and generic. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's a uh, this was a surprising movie because uh, it kind of just showed up on Netflix one day, and uh, I just kind of randomly watched it because I heard a few people on a podcast mention that it was worth watching. But uh, yeah, it, it's really fun. It is yeah, it feels a lot like Evil Dead, and I, I think really the big problem and why it's not higher on the list is it's a, a little uneven. Like they'll have mm-hmm. some really fun parts, and then there'll be a little bit of a lag uh you know and then you kind of wait wait and then there'll be like really good part again and then yeah again it kind of just slows down a bit uh and then yeah like you said the ending isn't as satisfying as you want it to be it's okay it's fine but yeah like you said it's just all right yeah this is the ending uh but i mean it's definitely worth watching i think it's still on netflix uh, but uh, you know this was a surprise really cool fun movie yeah uh, number eight is Unfriended Dark Web, which is, of course, the mm. sequel to the first Unfriended. And it's funny because, you know, I joked when the first one came out. I was like, oh, this will never work. A whole <laughs> movie on a computer screen. Oh, that was actually pretty good. Oh, there's a sequel. Yeah. Oh, I can't, they can't do it again. It's going to suck and try to do it a second time. Oh, you know <laughs> yeah, what? It wasn't yeah. actually that bad. <laughs> yeah, no, this was a, a, another... Yeah, like you said, with the first one, is a surprising at, like, how uh, good it was. And it's... Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe there's something about it that's still missing it's not clicking like a hundred percent like it's not like the that's why it's not like you know super higher on the list uh but these are really good movies and yeah at this point if they do want to do another one i'm you know definitely interested in uh seeing what they can do next i I the reason why it's still fairly low on the list is because i do think it goes too far with a couple of elements um but one Mm -hmm. of the things i did appreciate is that it does something right from the start and the concept that makes it inherently different to the first (laughs) movie um you know, the first oh, yeah. movie was very much, you know, a supernatural thing. Whereas the second movie is mm. not really that supernatural, but it also just the idea of who the person who's using the computer that we're watching. There's something different about them versus the first movie that gives it a twist. It was like, oh, this is interesting because it's different. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like it was playing with its concept in a way that made, oh yeah, yeah, explore these ideas. They really thought mm. of something that would shake it up, and I, I I appreciate that. It wasn't just the exact same thing again, even though you would think it probably would be. So I yeah. I respect them for that. Yeah, really good tension building. Like it's uh, it starts off pretty quickly, and it you know you really feel it you know throughout the whole movie. Just the you know kind of the dread and stuff that's building, and then uh, yeah, I can see maybe some people you know maybe getting a little too crazy or you know, kind of like you said it yeah might go a little too far at, at certain places. But uh, yeah, it's still really entertaining uh, watch. Yeah, it it just it it goes a couple of places too far towards the end where it loses a little bit of its mystique. And yeah. for me, like I like the mystique. That was one of the things that I really liked about it. But um, sure. that's number eight. Number seven is Unsane, which yeah. <laughs> was I don't know, a little surprised the film. And again, it's it's mm-hmm. a, on the bottom half of the list because it's a little bit. 
not even I wouldn't even call it uneven. I would say just the ending feels a bit too generic. Uh, yeah. That lets it down just a touch, but the rest of it is a very unique feeling film that's fil- filled with tension. Uh, where mm. you've got this character who goes to um, you know checks into a, a mental facility and then is not allowed to leave, and she believes the man who was stalking her in a different town works there. And she is, you know, she's like, is she paranoid? Is this real? Is she crazy? Or is this actually really, this guy really stalking her? Um, yeah. And all of the stuff that it does with that, and the, the, just the general tone, and uh, I believe this entire thing was filmed on an iPhone, <laughs> if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, <laughs> but it has this unique feel to it because of that. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's frustrating to watch, but like in a, like in a good way, like, because you feel so much for the character and just like, well, like, I, I just hate this idea of, uh, you know, being trapped against your will and like a very, like, you know, oh, this is very clearly like, uh, you know, a scam being run by like, you know, this insurance company. But of course, like, you know, no one's listening to her. And then, you know, there's also like, you know, a, you know, socially relevant uh, aspect to it that, you know, makes it like, you know, entertaining, but also like, you know, maddening uh, to watch yeah. it. But uh, it, yeah, it's it, really good. It does a really good job of making you feel frustrated in a sense that where you feel helpless, like, like she yeah. just is like, like she shouldn't be treated like this, but she is. And you feel like you're in her shoes when you're getting frustrated that you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really uh, inventive with that. Uh, number six is Cam. Wait, did we do seven? Was that seven? That was seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, ten was Overlord, nine was May the Devil Take You, eight was Unfriended Dark Web, seven was Unseen. Oh, okay, okay. My, my Keep counting... you on your toes. Yeah. You missed one on the worst list. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, <laughs> you skipped, uh, I think, number three. <laughs> All right, fine. You, you screw up once, and for the rest of your life, you're randy the fool, can't be trusted. Anyway, number six. Number five. Uh, Number six is is Cam, which was a Netflix uh, original movie uh, about a cam girl. Uh, you know, does like a cam, like you know, the live chat kind of websites where they're getting tokens to take off their clothes and things like that. Uh, yeah, but it, like but what it, we're doing? A lot like what we're doing. Um, <laughs> okay, stop. Um, Please, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, this episode of Streams After Midnight, where Peter almost took off his clothes. Um, no, Cam was written by a, a, an ex-Cam girl, so it feels very authentic. I think one of the things we were saying a lot during that review is just how real everything felt. Because it really yeah. got into her head, like how how like she was obsessed with like making sure her schedule was up to date so that she wouldn't lose viewers, that she would stay popular because she's she's constantly trying to get up in the rankings and that's what she's yeah. obsessed with. But the the plot of the movie is that uh, one day she can't log into her account, but there's someone streaming that looks like her who's replaced her. Uh, it's very kind of Twilight Zone, very Black Mirror, and it's all about her trying to figure out who this person is and why it's happening. It's a very allegorical movie. It's very um, symbolic. Because one of the reasons that one of the things that Tim didn't like about it as much, uh, if I remember from the review, is that by the end, it it works on a like a on a thematic level more than it does on a pure logic. This is how things happened level. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely like logic questions that um it's like honestly not really that important to watching and enjoying the movie but yeah there's some stuff that's definitely going to get in your head that you're going to kind of think like you know wait a minute though how does this work and blah blah blah. but i mean it's really not the point of it it's you know i admit it's a minor nitpick but you know some stuff that sometimes i can't help thinking about yeah i thought the performance from the lead was really good 
Um, yeah. And I thought, and she was from Handmaid's Tale, actually. I knew the actress from that. But oh, okay. uh, she was really good. And I think it did a really great job of putting you in her shoes again with the, the fear. You know, when there's like one creepy guy yeah. who's kind of stalking her shows up, you kind of feel uneasy. Like, I, I, I feel greater tension from some things in this movie than I do from like, you know, like actual maniacs and you yeah. know, some slasher movie. Like it actually hits you a bit more because you feel like she's unsafe, and it really oh, yeah, definitely. nails that. So yeah, and, and like it does a great job of like uh you know humanitizing this uh you know woman who I feel like uh you know a lot of people and you even see it in the movie like you know the other people when they kind of find out what they do and they look down on her and you know there's yeah. like the stigma against the people that do the, this kind of work that. Uh, but it does like a you know a great job of showing you like oh it's just like a normal person like relax and uh, so there's like you know a really good aspect uh, to that as well like uh, you know along with like you know this kind of you know societal danger of you know being stigmatized and then yeah, yeah and you know that kind of feels like you know it um, is, it's it's very like, it's very much a character study about her and how yeah. what she does as a person to be a part of this life and what she either gives up or what she mm. she like what she's lacking because she chooses this life you know it's, it's yeah. what, what, what does it do to her there's a lot of there's a lot it's a really smart it's, screenplay to be honest and how it yeah. like it explores her yeah. character yeah and it like really it, it makes you feel like uh because of what she do what she does like it almost feels like she's less safe because you know when you talk to the cops and stuff and they kind of just scoff at you and you know don't take you as seriously because of what you do uh so there's like a lot of like really nice touches like that so yeah another one that's kind of that was kind of like a surprise because yeah you know just kind of like popped up on netflix uh you know one day and it wasn't a ton of fanfare but yeah you start kind of hearing the buzz and then uh yeah really surprised when you watch it and i i I think uh the was it like maybe first time director possibly or you know oh, if, if not i can't comment on that i can't remember <laughs> i if uh, i mean yeah i guess uh not uh completely sure but it definitely feels like you know kind of a uh yeah breakout movie for whoever you know did it it'd definitely be interested to see what they do next yeah uh so that was number number six so going to number five then we have suspiria the remake of mm-hmm. the 70s movie uh very different from the original film, very stark, very muted colours, has a very kind of, uh, dare I say, art house kind of style to it. In fact, yeah. it's also two and a half hours long, which is very notable <laughs> for horror, the horror genre, where most yeah. movies are 90 minutes tops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think luckily the, you know, it's very, very well directed and, uh, you know, like the, the acting's very good, the characters, uh, they actually feel, you know, more like characters than kind of the original Suspiria, which... You know, it feels it's more just about like the visual style and tone and everything. And like this, you actually are getting more plot. And sure, there is a lot of it and stuff, but and I found everyone so engaging and stuff that, you know, you know it's it's definitely something you have to sit down for. But uh, I don't mind the length uh, as much as I would maybe in other movies. That's what she said. I don't mind the length. <laughs> um, so no, I I it's, it's, I think the directorial style is what I really like in this movie more than anything. Um, I like how it plays with the scenes. It has this very kind of harsh cutting kind of style. There's you know those the scenes where the dancing is very intense, and I wouldn't yeah. normally say dancing is intense, <laughs> but there's scenes in this where you know there'll be a quick movement and it'll rapidly cut to another scene and things are happening in it. 
it really gives you this kind of like you almost feel your own bones kind of like moving and like you know clashing and turning and contorting and that's how the movie kind of yeah. makes you feel it makes you feel like you're kind of doing that in your head so yeah and it's like the it's not uh it's definitely a slow burn and like there's not like a lot of you know like big horror pieces but like the few instances that there are are very intense and you know very well done and has one of my like uh you know uh favorite body horror scenes uh you know that i've seen in a long time so mm-hmm. really good and, and like you said it's so uh, if you're a mega fan of the original i can see why you might not like this because it is so you know different but isn't that kind of what you want from a remake like why would you want just to, like the same thing you know yeah 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 it's got, it's got some emotional beats it's definitely very different than mm-hmm. the original but uh that's number five number four is revenge which is a film mm. we did not cover on this show at all or any show for that matter it's a movie we both watched um it is arguably a little bit borderline in terms of horror versus kind of a, a revenge thriller but sure. yeah um i think it qualifies enough because it does actually get very scary uh and what one of the things that i think a lot of movies have, have been doing recently uh, when we're talking about uh, Cam, we're talking about Unsane, is the idea of putting you in the shoes of the of the victim and feeling the, the tension of the scene when things start to go wrong, when someone starts to get uh, malicious or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a film about a, a young woman who goes with her rich older boyfriend who's married uh, to his res- mm-hmm. private resort somewhere, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and... He, his hunting buddies are coming by because they come by and they hunt but they show up early they show up a day early and they end up meeting her they were never supposed to meet her but they do and one of them mm-hmm. uh, gets really infatuated with her and rapes her and mm-hmm. basically to deal with this uh, there's a bit of an altercation and eventually she is left for dead but of course it's a revenge movie she didn't die and it so begins the, the, the build to the, the big kind of well, revenge. I guess I yeah. feel like that's not spoiling anything. It's a revenge movie. I mean, it's it's in the title. It's literally she, the title of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the you know uh, victim turns hunter and starts hunting the other hunters. Yeah, and it's yeah. It is one of those things where yeah, people can probably argue the minutia and be like, oh, well, technically this is a thriller, blah blah blah, or something. But I mean, yeah, when you look at it, like, there's very horrific things happening, and this is a bloody bloody movie there's so much like gore and uh and it, but it really stylized too like there's like it uh it, it, there's definitely stuff that's like hard to watch but yeah the yeah. Yeah, person that directed it did a really good job of doing it yeah uh no direct direction is fantastic uh and i think what's interesting about it is it is directed by a woman and i think that's yeah. uh, really important in this case because the movie it kind of starts off with like yeah she's eye candy right you know she's this lolita mm-hmm. essentially i mean she's not that young but that's kind of the idea is these are all middle-aged men yeah. and she's this young 20 something and like it, they kind of the point is how she's treated the hypocrisy of it and then how mm-hmm. they try and disregard her because she's she becomes inconvenient and then the final basically like throw her away <laughs> yeah almost i mean literally even uh <laughs> The, the, the final like 20 minutes of this movie is some of the best cat and mouse uh yeah. stuff i've seen in a movie in a long time uh very tense and it's but you're also kind of rooting for it and that it gets kind of murky because there's so many like, revenge movies especially rape revenge movies which are definitely horror movies you, you look at yeah you know last hours no left i spent your grave you know whatever mm-hmm. no one no one argues those uh the, the, the difference here is that this is actually thoughtful and well made <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, uh, I guess you wouldn't say it's like exploitative. Uh, like it's, yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, if you have trouble watching that stuff, like you, you might definitely want to stay away from it. But I do think of, you know, like the rape revenge genre, this, you know, very clearly sticks out uh you know above those yeah. and it I, actually I, it feels like it has more to say and i i hate using that 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 thing you know rape revenge because it feels cl- it's... it's much classier than that because it doesn't right yeah. you know the actual <laughs> sexual assault isn't as like you know you you watch those movies and i spent your grave like there's really long uncomfortable scenes of just that happening yeah and it's like oh yeah. god whereas this is cool like you get enough to feel disgusted but then it you know it'll cut ahead mm-hmm. or it'll, you know it'll like it, it yeah. deals with the the emotion of it. This has a lot more to say than any of those movies. So just calling it a rape revenge movie feels kind of cheap. But sure, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, technically, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's like where it, most people would put it in that like subgenre or stuff. But yeah, if you, it, yeah, technically, um, if you compare it to the other ones, so it's yeah, definitely like leagues ahead yeah. <laughs> of, of those other movies. But yeah, it's but not notably, you know, she she rises from the ashes and it becomes this you know, this this empowering kind of thing by the end, uh, and you know because I actually love I don't want to get into spoilers, but I love how the movie starts essentially with her just like you know she's got the sunglasses on and she's she's got a lollipop and it's just you know it's mm-hmm. this like hairy fairy no not a care in the world Lolita kind of image, and then mm-hmm. the final shot of the movie is also her face and it's just like there's this contrast between the start and the end and it's just. You know, <laughs> like it's like oh, like she 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 went through a lot of shit in the last you know yeah. <laughs> twenty four hours, whatever it was. Uh, mm. So yeah, um, if if I was to critique it, I'd say the pacing's maybe a bit off in the middle. I think it slows down a bit in the middle, but a little bit, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, like I say, that that final twenty twenty five minutes of Cat and Mouse mm. is fantastic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, very brutal. <laughs> very brutal. Yeah, uh, hard to watch, but uh, <laughs> it, it's hard to say that it's like a good watch but <laughs> you know what i mean like but it is it is a good movie though. yeah very good so uh, that's revenge and number three is a quiet place mm. uh which obviously this is this is very mainstream this one i probably have to tell you what this is this is a world where yeah. everyone's been killed because there's some sort of creatures that are going around that cannot uh see but they hear very well so everyone has to be mm. very quiet uh directed and starring john krasinski obviously emily blunt's in there as well and uh, this, this plays with its premise. This was one that I was excited about, just based on its premise, because it was like, okay, this has mechanics. This has like rules mm-hmm. that they have to adhere to, and there's like interesting, like you know, loopholes to some of those rules that they introduced in the movie. Uh, the actual core thing in the movie, which I think I'll, I'll say now, although I didn't know it going into the movie, and I was like, oh, this is a great premise for this movie, is that Emily Blunt's character's pregnant, and it's like, mm-hmm. how do we deal with that? How how do you have a baby yeah. and keep, keep it quiet <laughs> once once it's born, like? And it's like okay, so that the movie's about prepping for that, and uh, like if, if you think about yeah, sorry, if you think about like every you know scene of a in any movie of a woman giving birth, like it is just constant screaming. So like you know to imagine like oh like how do you do that and not be able to make a, a sound? It must be so difficult. And uh, it, yeah, that was a nice uh, you know uh, little twist here. It's a you know real easy premise but yeah they do a lot of fun stuff with it and uh yeah yeah it's it's one that could have easily been like okay high concept premise and then all right it doesn't really deliver what you want but it's uh yeah you know i I feel like it really hit uh all the points they're hoping for 
yeah, no, it's it's very good. Um, I don't know if it was like the like the no, the the home run completely that I thought it was going to be, but it's sure, it's, it's very very good though. Um, I, I yeah. if I was going to critique it, I'd say the final like scene feels totally out of place. It's like I think by the end there's like a thing that's like you know uh, a, a little bit of like a uh ex machina kind of thing and then it gets a little bit more because i mean you know the whole movie it's so very you know kind of quiet and then it gets maybe a little more actiony towards the end which uh is fine but yeah i feel like yeah totally it doesn't uh fit with the rest of the movie which is what you know i liked a little bit more but again you know it's like a you know a, a little bit of minor complaint like still really really good yeah um, like I said, I'm talking about literally the last like scene, the last ten seconds. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking. I'm talking about that final moment. I think so, at a place tonally, right. and it left me with like a wait, really? That's how you're ending this? But uh, otherwise, very good though. But that's why it's a number three, and not a number one or two, because mm-hmm. there's two things that are that are better. So number yeah. two <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> so number two is mandy okay (laughs) number two is Mandy. i was born to suspense can i have some suspense timmy all right well i mean i thought (laughs) i thought you were like uh trying to be suspenseful for me but i'm like i know what they are (laughs) yeah i know you do but i'll be suspenseful (laughs) number number two is mandy mandy's uh psychedelic (laughs) nightmare fuel yeah, with crazy Nicolas Cage, demons on bikes, lots of lighting, giant chainsaw fights. Uh, yeah. it, <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, like I mean, you're just. I, I can see people not liking this. I mean, it's hard with that description to imagine <laughs> people not liking it, but it's. But I can see it is so weird and, uh, yeah, like you said, like psychedelic. That it's not for everyone, but I think it is like you know way up in our wheelhouse and it's uh it's a lot of fun and it just oozes like style oh like, yeah this it's... just has such a unique uh you know voice to it yeah uh, uh... johan johansson uh he, he passed away the composer but this was his final score oh, yeah, yeah. uh and the music's fantastic it's, it's, it's just oozing synth like score uh the harsh like you know reds and greens yeah. and blues lighting um you know nicholas cage this movie was perfect for him it's mm-hmm. you know he forges an axe at one point to go yeah. off and like get revenge like it's interesting this is another revenge movie actually uh you know just a couple of That's slots true, after yeah. revenge but uh it's it's such a unique experience which does have a couple of deeper meanings in there if you're really like you know thinking about it and paying attention yeah. for it but you this is the sort of movie you can just wo- just watch and be just just be in a trance just let it wash over you and yeah. just be kind of sucked into it and it's very slow paced. That that is true. If you if you like art house, say slow paced stuff, you're not gonna like this. But for me, this was like one of the most unique experiences of the year. I actually really liked the director's previous film, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Uh, I still haven't seen it. I gotta check that out. But uh, this this was real good. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Nick Crate, <laughs> Nick Cage is great. Uh, you know, you, you get the the crazy Cage that you want, but then you also get like you know. The kind of the quieter, more subdued, like Cage, uh, which is nice. And then, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's some really like interesting, you know, stuff that goes on. There's like even like animated sequences, and it just uh, everything like comes together and just this really, you know, beautiful, gory, um, you know, psychedelic '80s homage kind of 
movie, which is uh, fantastic. Yeah, the villain's really good as well. The performance. Oh, yeah. Creepy yeah. cult leader. Very, very good. <laughs> Uh, so that's Mandy, which leads us to number one, and no points probably for guessing what this is if you you know if it's yeah. not shown up yet. But uh, number one is Hereditary, uh, which was a lot of divisive for some people, and uh, I can understand why actually because I I would say that you know the third act does kind of go in a direction which I don't think necessarily yeah. works for everyone. However, here's the thing: this is the best directed horror film of 2018, and the middle yeah. section of this film where it is essentially a family drama. Uh, after a tragedy is some of the best stuff i saw all of last year it's like there's a scene there's a scene in the car and then from that point on for about 30 40 minutes everything with all the characters interacting is absolutely fantastic uh yeah yeah i mean those scenes like you know that (laughs) that like is making me more nervous and tense than you know like you were saying before like you know, seeing some axe-wielding maniac, you know, pop out of a, you know, the corner or like a ghost flying through the wall or something like. It's it's because that's it's... nothing compared to like what this mother, you know, tells her son and stuff like yeah. that. That it's like, ooh, like. It's because it's, it's a couple of things. One, it's set up properly so that we're, we're establishing enough of these characters that they feel really real people. Mm-hmm. But it's also because the core things about anxiety and it's like taking this thing and it's like you would know how you'd feel in that situation so again you're in the shoes of the character the son in particular mm. uh, through a couple of scenes in this movie where you're just like holy shit like how how, how do we move forward from here yeah and then uh, you know and i love that you know i, I think maybe there would be people <laughs> that, uh, you know, might try to argue this or something but it's uh, i love that it's still at its core like a horror movie like you know like you said there's so much family drama stuff but you know there's also enough weirdness and creepiness that's still going on that you know it, it's not it, do, it never really feels like or at least for me that like you know the the drama overtakes it or that we're forgetting about this other stuff that's going on and then uh, and i love the ending even though yeah i think that'd probably be the thing that's most uh you know derisive with people uh, i i love kind of how derisive it gets derisive whatever derisive? <laughs> <laughs> whatever that word is that means uh people don't like it divisive divisive there you go um i first i kept thinking like decisive but i'm like well no that's yeah. not it <laughs> like, like divide time like divide divisive divide uh, makes sense uh <laughs> but yeah no it's it's still great Yes, and, uh, yes. I, I, I was when you're, you're dumb your sentence there. I was like, oh, I'm scratching yeah. my back. I'm just waiting for Timmy to spit out his thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Another and and more, uh, you know, really, really great performances. Like, yeah, Tony Collette just kills it uh, in this movie. And uh, yeah, like you said, uh, the directing's really well. And it's you know, I I, I feel like we're so lucky because the the director already has a new movie coming out this year. So it's like very uh, exciting. Yeah, no, the direction is is uh is so confident. It's so laid back, and it like it'll, it'll hang back. It'll let the scenes play out. It'll be quiet when it needs to be. Um, it does a really neat trick uh, throughout several points in the film, but it'll just stay in a close up of a character for several oh, yeah. scenes almost. And because the idea is that we're so closed off from the rest of the world, and we're just in their head with them. Uh, so if they're not paying attention to the rest of the world now, do we? We don't get to see it either, yeah. uh, and that works really, really well. Um, no, super super tense. Super tense is hereditary. So, um, I like I, I highly recommend. Like, I I think yeah, the ending yeah. might let you down a little bit because I I do think the third act gets a bit more traditional supernatural horror movie, right? 
Um, yeah. And I don't think that's maybe the film's strongest like aspect, but it's pro- still really good. It's still really really well handled and still really solid yeah. when it does that stuff. Uh, but it's, it's it's handle of characters and their relationships that I think elevates it. And it's it, and it is the horror of it. It's the horror of okay, bad things happen or we say bad things to people. Um, how we treat each other there's horror inherent in there and that's kind of what it's dealing with um so no there you go hereditary is the number one horror movie of 2018 yeah i don't think like you said it doesn't i don't think uh yeah it's not that surprising but yeah i mean it definitely is well deserved uh but the question yeah. is tim is uh what will be your top 10 of 2019 when we get to do that early next year <sighs> Good question, good question. Have have we even watched any new movies yet? I know there's a couple in the theaters that we haven't uh, gotten around to yet. Oh, but... we saw Happy Death Day too. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Saw that. <laughs> I um, think we know we've, whose we've... list those will be going on. <laughs> we've got uh, Us coming up, uh, which we'll be doing oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, I'm calling it right now. That's got to be number one. <laughs> I can't. You're, you're calling that. You're calling that as number one. That's so. It's the, gonna have to be. So the fact <laughs> that the director of The Witch has got The Lighthouse coming out. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> oh, that could be close. That could yeah, be close. We've, we've got a fight. Yeah. I mean, this this could be a <clears throat> a bloody battle this year for our top spots yeah. and the top ten horror movies, which is good. We we love the competition because yeah. it means we've got more good horror movies to watch. That that's yeah. that's delightful news. We got some Stephen King movies too, so I'm sure I'll be fighting for those. <laughs> I'm not as confident on those, Timmy. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying they're gonna be number one contenders, but. Eh. We'll see. Got to get at least some king representation on the list somewhere. <laughs> we'll see. If they're bad, they're bad. Okay. <laughs> it seems like you're trying to make a more grander point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's meant to be a warning to you, Tim. That's all. I don't want you trying to squeeze any mediocre <laughs> Stephen King adaptations onto onto our prestigious top ten. Well, you, hey, you owe me for letting you get Overlord. Oh, come on now. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> I think oh, as, soon as, it, uh, as soon as it was done, I, I said, thank Lord, it's over. <laughs> oh, give him shit in the comments, people, please. <laughs> give him shit in the comments. I hope I hope you do. Uh, no, so obviously there's stuff coming up. The funny thing about horror movies, though, is a lot of them come kind of like last minute. We don't know about some of them until they're about to drop. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a like there's a lot of stuff that like I heard about, but then like, yeah, I feel like you don't really hear much about it until it's like ready to come out. Like you said with the lighthouse, like oh yeah, I forgot that was coming out, but you know, but like yeah, I haven't really seen a trailer or anything for it yet, and I'm sure just at some point it'll just yeah, kind of appear. I've got a quick Google just to sort of rhyme off some films that we know are coming out this year. We get it, chapter two, so okay. that's obviously we got us, we got the curse of La Llorona. Uh, which sure may end up good. Have you ever seen a trailer for that? Tell me now. No. Uh, is that like is that like a high profile movie or something? It's, it sounds like a. Well, I mean, it's it's a mainstream one, yeah. It's, uh, huh? yeah. But uh, we got that. Uh, here's one I'm looking forward to, and we're definitely doing this time. We're doing Brightburn. Oh, okay. Do you remember what Brightburn is? <laughs> uh, I didn't watch the trailer for it, but that's the evil Superman yeah. movie. <laughs> Yeah, produced well, by uh, James Gunn. Yeah, I, I like James Gunn, so I definitely uh, I'll be interested in for it. Uh, I feel like though, I, 
I guess it's not the movie's fault, but I remember when it came out, uh, seeing a lot of people being like, this is such a great idea for a movie. How come no one's ever thought of this before? And it's like, eh, it's been done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, at least in comic books, like the idea of oh, sure, yeah, Superman, but, like it's, it's so, such thing, a Tim, thing. If you watch the trailer for this, it's clear mm-hmm. what this is doing is that it's actually, because it's the font, same font as Man of Steel, it's like mimicking oh, right. shots of Man of Steel. <laughs> To, to me, this is a critique of Man of Steel in the direction oh, they cool. took with that. I, I I think it's more than just, oh, let's do evil Superman. I think that the, the point okay. is, is this is what the world thinks would make a cool Superman. We're going to show why that's wrong or something to okay. that effect, right? That definitely sounds interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll be more than happy to see this. I just, yes. yeah, <laughs> I haven't really looked into it that much. Uh, your boy Del Toro's got scary stories to tell in the dark coming this year. I, I just reread uh, those books. I I loved those growing up as a kid. Um, I'm interested to see what they'll they'll do for it. It's definitely like creepy for kids, but I'm yeah. I mean, I'm assuming this isn't this isn't gonna be like hard R or anything. So yeah. we got but, the uh, Child's Play remake. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we have to do it. I if we didn't have the show, I'd probably not watch this out of protest because I mm-hmm. you know. Oh, we're doing I, it, but time. yeah. Uh, we have uh, Doctor Sleep, the, the sequel to The Shining, so that's a thing that's coming. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, that's yeah. the third King movie. I'm actually really excited about that. I like Mike Flanagan, and a little controversial, but I like the book. I know a lot of Stephen mm. King fans don't like it, but I, I do. I, uh, we have a couple that obviously we've missed in theaters that we'll do in home video. You know, we've got Escape yeah. Room, we've got uh, The Prodigy, I, a couple of those. I'm excited about that. I actually heard some positive things about uh both of those actually so i yeah i mean i'm not expecting those to be like top tier movies but they might be little surprises like oh it's not too bad uh we got ma we got the hole in the ground (laughs) ma's gonna be crazy i'm actually kind of excited there's a new rob zombie movie coming out called three from hell jesus we have polaroid i I think uh a hole in the ground actually i think is out we should probably do that soon just heads up (laughs) okay it's actually (laughs) I, I think it is. I, I think it's on VOD, so I, oh, okay. we'll double check it. But We'll double check. We'll double check. Uh, We've been busy. Google claims that The Boy 2 is coming out this year. I don't... Hmm. Oh, no. They need more time with that. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're not rushing that out. Yeah, and then there's a bunch of movies that I've never heard of that are just names at this point, so I'll, I'll leave that there. Right. But that's, that's your preview of... Uh... Oh, I, I'm excited. Yeah. You didn't even mention Pet Cemetery. That's going to be a big one. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I, oh sure, yeah. Uh, I'm expecting that to but, suck, which is why I didn't mention it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it will definitely be one of the more notable like horror movies or mainstream horror movies. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm actually I'm excited this year. I don't know <laughs> if I have a ton of confidence. I know at least a couple of those sound like they're going to be really great, and I'm sure they will. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. We shall see, indeed. Uh, so yeah, that that is us then. That has been Screams After Midnight. Mm-hmm. It is worth mentioning. Uh, we just started a new thing actually. Uh, this month, uh, it's not up yet, but soon the first ever exclusive Patreon episode of Screams After Midnight will be available for patrons uh, for one dollar. Uh, so if you want to support the show and the channel and get some bonus stuff, you can go over to Patreon.com/MailFuzzTV, and once per month you will get a bonus episode uh, of Screams After Midnight at the one dollar tier. So yeah, you can go check out that. Uh, you can get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight. By all means, let us know what your top ten horror movies of the year your your favorites were yeah. for 2018 
uh, in the comments. Uh, get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight. I think I said that already. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Do it again. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Go to Twitter again. Uh, but that yeah. is that is pretty much us, though. Um, so, yeah, look out for more movies coming soon. And hopefully some of these 2019 movies end up uh, being okay. And if you've been missing <laughs> if you've been missing us doing some of the sequels that we've been working on, the franchises we've been working through, we should be back on those soon. Not in March, because we're having to do all the Critters movies. But in April, we'll start uh, chipping away at those franchises franchises again as well as try to keep up with new movies a lot of movies to cover guys uh but we'll get there it's too much so <laughs> thank you very much for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time